1: I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Karen Hooper about her ceremony at GM Lounge with a reception at... Tamu Tamu Courtyard in Animal Kingdom, and a bunch of other events around her day that I thought you guys would love to hear about. So welcome, Karen. Hi, thank you
0: so much for having me.
1: Thanks for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney.
0: Well, there was no question for us. It took my husband actually 12 years to propose And our whole relationship, we have loved Disney. It was one of the first things that we bonded over. We live minutes from the park. We are there all the time. And whether you want to call us Disney nerds, Disney adults, Disney lovers, we are fanatics. So there were no other options. It was Disney for us.
1: (laughs) So how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding
0: was going to be? everybody, they expected nothing else. Yeah. (laughs) So they were very excited and it was a given that that's where it would be.
1: How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip?
0: I think I sent out probably about 90 invitations and then we had just under 70 that were able to make it. Got it. Now you guys are local. Did you set up a room block for your guests? We did, because we did have a lot of guests coming in from out of town. So I chose Pop Century for value. I chose Port Orleans French Quarter for the moderate. And then Deluxe, we did Beach Club.
1: Got it. Okay. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your events?
0: We knew we were going to do a multi-day event thing so we wanted people to not have to take off you know in the middle of the week from work and fly in and especially for out-of-town guests and then we're also business owners so it helped for us to have most everything happen over a weekend where you know we're not as busy with work and we could take the days off and enjoy ourselves
1: got it how did you choose your ceremony and reception venues
0: Originally, we actually really, really, really wanted to get married in front of Spaceship Earth, you know, like the outside in front of Spaceship Earth. But with Disney, the only options were 6 a.m. or midnight. And, you know, we went back and forth and we really talked about it, but we just couldn't figure out. You know, a way for it to make sense, especially, you know, we are not young bride and groom. We're in our 40s. So therefore, we also have elderly parents and some elderly guests that we couldn't imagine asking them to be somewhere at 6 a.m. or stay and party until midnight (laughs) to see us get married. So we did the next best thing, which was had our ceremony at GM Lounge with Spaceship Earth perfectly centered out those beautiful windows. So that was how we chose that. And Epcot is our favorite park. It's where, you know, we spend most of our time and we just love it. So that was really symbolic to us to have one of the major Disney icons and our favorite park icon as our backdrop while we said I do.
1: (laughs) And then how did you choose Tamu Tamu for your reception the next day?
0: That one was tough. I'm an animal lover, so... Having a reception at Animal Kingdom appealed to me. And then we are big Dole Whip fans. We love Dole Whips, and we get Dole Whips right there outside of TAMU TAMU and go sit in the courtyard and have them all the time. So when I found out that that was an option for a reception, I was super excited. And I do have to say that when I found out the guest maximum was at 70, I all of a sudden was like, oh, gosh, I kind of hope some people can't attend <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to have to move locations. I wanted to be at TAMU. But thankfully, we were right under the... The limit. So we were good.
1: Now, we're going to talk about this more in detail when we go through the timeline of your entire day. But can you tell my listeners a little bit about how your event fit together since you broke it up over two days, having the ceremony and a pre-reception and a dessert party in one day, and then a reception the next day? Can you talk about that and the various locations you shifted among?
0: We knew that we wanted guests to have a VIP experience and see some of our favorite things. And no matter how I tried to work it into one day, it felt like too much. So, with husband's approval, we planned multi days and it started with a ceremony, GM lounge. It was to start at five because the sun was scheduled to set around 525. So, I figured that would make for a beautiful, you know, backdrop as the sun's setting behind spaceship Earth. The tricky part was that then. I wanted to stay in GM lounge and do what I originally I thought my reception, but the planner said, Nope, you can't do that. Can't be in the same space. So I said, could I do a pre reception there and just be in there for like two hours, but have a DJ and have some dancing and have some food and have an open bar. <laughs> and they let me bend the rules. <laughs> Yay, Disney. They let me bend the rules. So we, after the ceremony, there was this quick transformation where you know, chairs came in and, you know, we were doing some bride and groom pictures and that kind of thing. But it was amazing how fast they transformed it and it was ready. And it was amazing because we had, we did our first dance there. I danced with my dad, Mickey and Minnie came in and danced with all of our guests. So we had about two hours of a pre-reception in GM Lounge, which was amazing. The ball lit up in the background. It was just gorgeous. And then I think it was around eight o'clock-ish, they took us and we made our walk to Mexico Vista where we were having our dessert party. So, you know, we had a sweet and savory, we did the nacho bar and a bunch of desserts and watched harmonious. It was amazing. And then around nine 30, right after it ended, we all walked to soaring and we did the ride mix in. And that was the grand finale to our night for night one. And then day two, we started at animal kingdom with the safari mix in ride around 4 PM Afterward, we had special seating to watch Festival of the Lion King show, which was also amazing. And then I planned a surprise no one knew about it except me. My husband, John, didn't even know that we hired the uninvited guests who were Norton Cookie. And they came running into the show as soon as it ended. And, you know, just putting on this great show of, oh, my gosh, Karen, John, we found you. We found you. And everyone was just flabbergasted. They thought they were real guests. They were. Everyone was laughing but confused. And they were amazing. And then finally, people realized it was a Disney, you know, Disney actors and that they were putting on a show. And then it just became hilarious. They escorted us to dinner. You know, they mingled around for dinner. They took a couple breaks, then they would come back. Everyone loved them. Like... I mean, even our parents, they want to invite them to all of our family holiday functions (laughs) because they just love Norton Cookie so much. So, yeah, we had dinner with them. We had DJ and dancing at Tamu Tamu. And we went until I think 11 p.m. Park was closed. We had it. We felt like we had it all to ourselves. Walking out of Animal Kingdom was just amazing, you know, because the park's empty, but it's all still lit up and magical. And our guests love that. So we were super happy to give them those like VIP feeling experiences.
1: That's awesome. With the Festival of the Lion King show, was that a mix in where your group was seated in a section during a regular performance of the show? Or how did that work?
0: Yep, it was, you know, they escorted us in our own entrance, and they had a section of the bleachers all set aside for us. And then once we were all seated and comfortable, they did let some other general you know, guests come in and sit around us, but we did have our whole, like almost half of one whole section of bleachers was just our party, which was great.
1: That's very cool. And then back with the GM lounge ceremony to pre-reception turnover, you guys were taking photos. Where did they put your guests while they were trying to turn the room into a pre-reception space?
0: We did this little walkthrough, everybody lined up and we walked through and they took pictures and cheered. And then they took us into a side room where they were pinning my train and gave us a plate of food. And when I came out, everything was done. So right. I think the guests hung out in that kind of like little lobby area that's right before the big room. Right. It was really no more than I think 10 minutes. The tables were set up to the sides, you know, along with the ceremony setup. up. So really all they had to do was kind of move the chairs to the table. And I guess that was really it because then we just had, you know, a bar over on the side and the buffet food came out. But it was Disney magic. I mean, it was a great transformation. It it went smoothly. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. <laughs> now, you had a lot of events inside the parks. Were you able to use outside vendors for any elements of your day?
0: We did. So for photography, we had Wild Whimsy which is Christina and her husband, Steve. They were amazing. We had Trinity Wedding Cinema for our cinematography team, who I love them the pieces. They're brilliant. The fabulous Stacey Otto did hair and makeup, and she brought her whole wonderful team with her. And then our Save the Dates were done by Jennifer Lauren, who I believe is J.L. Papery. And... Then our Peter Pan invitations were done by um, Inspirations by Amy Lee. And then last but not least, my day of coordinator who saved the day in many ways was Reverie by Jessica.
1: How did you guys choose your officiant?
0: Well, Kat has a British accent and we love Spaceship Earth and Judy Dench narrates Spaceship Earth but she wasn't available. So we figured Cat was the next best thing. <laughs> and we met with her in person, loved her immediately. Um, we love like British humor in general. We watch so many British TV shows. So she was like, oh, she is our people. So we had an instant connection with her and she was the perfect choice.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, you mentioned that you had a lot of entertainment. You had Mickey and Minnie at your pre-reception. You did a ride mix-in and a show mix-in. Can you talk a little bit more about how you chose those elements and also if you added anything else like a musician?
0: We did Mickey and Minnie because, you know, they're classic. And it was during the 50th wedding anniversary. So I loved the 50th outfits. So I requested those and they did show up in them. So I was super happy about that. We also did Goofy. He came to our reception at Tamu Tamu dressed in his safari outfit. And then the uninvited guests were a complete surprise to everyone. I told no one, but I just loved the idea of them. And they were a huge hit. I would 100% recommend them if, you know, you've got a little extra spending money and really want to entertain your guests. We had our DJ. He was great, played music, DJ Steve. I think... Think that was it as far as characters and entertainment. But yeah, we did Soaring Ride mixin', Safari mixin, and then the Festival of the Lion King show.
1: Which musician did you choose for your
0: ceremony? We chose the guitarist. And he played a different Disney song for everyone that walked down the aisle, so that was nice.
1: That's wonderful. Do you have any menu items or cake flavors you could recommend?
0: Yes. So one thing I did, I surprised my mom and she loved it. Years and years ago, we had Sangria Flan at the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. And it was one of our all-time favorites. We kept going back and getting more and more and more. And then in the last, I don't know, five, seven years or so, they have not brought it back. And every year we're sad that it's not there. So I asked the chef, I said, can you please make sangria flan for our dessert party? And they did. And I didn't tell my mom until she got there and her eyes lit up and oh my gosh, sangria flan. And so that was a super happy dessert. But not only that, it was super good. So I highly recommend it. And I'm hoping maybe if more brides request it, they'll bring it back for Food and Wine (laughs) Festival. (laughs) Our cake, we did a three tier and John loves pistachio, so we did pistachio cake with pistachio filling. That was amazing. Another tier, we did the lemony cake with the blueberry and lemon filling. That was probably my favorite. And then the other one was almond cake with Grand Marnier white chocolate mousse, which was also amazing. And we did love them all so much that we just had our one-year anniversary, and we recreated it and got a mini cake of each flavor to experience them all over again.
1: (laughs) Now you had a multi-day
0: event. Did you add any other events like a welcome party? Yeah, I guess you could call it a welcome party. It was kind of like a rehearsal dinner, but we took everybody to Hoop-dee-doo Review. So that was super fun. And I actually got chosen to go up on stage and be the can-can dancer. So our whole big crowd got a kick out of that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was a lot of fun. We did that and then had a rehearsal. So I guess that was a welcome dinner.
1: Got it. Okay. And now I know we've talked a little bit about the timeline with how the ceremony was broken up from the reception. Can you give my listeners an overview of how the entire two days ran starting from like, what time did you have to start getting ready?
0: So wedding day, I think Stacy and her team were there at 10 a.m. for hair and makeup. But we had a lot. Like I, I kind of went crazy and offered it to everybody. I mean, moms and friends, <laughs> and it was just like, if you want to come over and get your hair and makeup done, do it. And lots of people took me up on the offer. So I think we had eight to 10 people that were getting hair and makeup done at my house. So we had a long day of hair and makeup, but it was fun because, you know, we ordered food and charcuterie and all kinds of drinks and just made a party of it. And then I think the bus picked us up at Maybe three o'clock if I remember right, and they took us to Beach Club because I was doing a first look with my dad. So um, we went over there and took pictures for that, and then got on the bus again and went to GM Lounge, which I think we arrived there around 4:30, and our ceremony started at five, and then we stayed in GM Lounge for the pre-reception until around. 8-ish, I think, is when they started walking us to Mexico Vista for the dessert party, which we stayed there until, you know, after the fireworks, so probably 9.30, walked to Soaring, and then after Soaring, which this is one thing that is probably a good tip because I asked and kind of pushed for it, is that after the Soaring ride, I wanted people to have an option that if they were staying at Beach Club, they could walk out the back of Epcot and not have to get on a bus again, which a lot of people did, and they love that. And then the people that did want to take a bus obviously could, especially if they were at a different resort. But that was part of why I wanted Beach Club to be one of our selected resorts, is because the people that were staying there had such easy in and out access to Epcot, which our guests did love walking out that night. That's great. And then day two timeline I think everything was just an hour or so later. Um, I think hair and makeup started around 11, and then we, it was a little less people getting hair and makeup done that day. We were there, I think it was around a 4 or 4.30 time for our ride mix-in, if I remember correctly. And then afterward, we went to the Festival of the Lion King show, and dinner was at 6.30. We got held a little bit because rain had moved in, and I got a little nervous because I thought we were going to get rained out and have to go to our rain backup location, but my planner called and said it might be a couple minutes late, but I'm pushing to keep you guys in Tan Moon. I was like, "Yes, okay, good. We can wait." So dinner may have started like 6:45, but it was it was wonderful. And then the DJ—I forget what time the park was closing, but you know the DJ couldn't turn up his music until park cleared. But the time goes by so fast that you know, and he still has music playing. Softly, It's just we didn't really start partying until probably nine, nine nine-ish or so, I think. And then I think our reception went until 11 p.m. And walking out of the park after closing was absolutely magical.
1: (laughs) So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget?
0: Our main goal, we wanted our guests to feel like VIPs. But while doing that, we also wanted to share some of our favorite things about Disney. So that's why we chose so many, you know, different events on different days. The other thing that was really important to me was video. I really wanted to make sure that I could look back and because everyone says it goes by in a blur and you, you know, you forget everything, you miss everything. And it's my first wedding, you know, for me. So I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I remember it all. And I am so, so glad that that we did that because we love watching our films and reliving it all. And we see so many new things every time we watch it. So that was super important and I'm glad we did it.
1: Fantastic. Were there any aspects that were less important where you saved your money or just your effort?
0: Yeah, so decor, I didn't spend a lot of money on just because I feel like Disney is a magical setting and it kind of speaks for itself. I also didn't do a lot of flowers well, I did do flowers, but I did paper flowers. So I had, um, she is called with love and petals and I found her on Etsy and she made flowers out of park maps. And then because we call each other Peter Pan and Tink, she also used pages from the Peter Pan book. And so that was really special to us. And I love that I get to keep them forever. And they were much less expensive than real flowers. So we saved money there. That's a great idea.
1: Okay, so out of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding?
0: So for my bridal entrance song, I actually chose Happily Ever After. And it was a part from the fireworks soundtrack. So, you know, the doors opened and I'm walking down the aisle with my dad to one of my favorite songs and to see John at the end of the aisle with Spaceship Earth behind him, that was a very magical moment for me that will, you know, always stay in my memory. Just seeing all of our friends and family have so much fun and share the magic with us, that was another, you know, top three of our moments. And then I have to say, I never expected... To love it so much. But walking from location to location through the park, like when we went to Mexico Vista and then when we went to Soaring, having all the people in the park, just random strangers cheering for you and telling you congratulations. And that was amazing. Like that, you felt like you were, you know, red carpet royalty. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, congratulations. And so that was magical too. I highly recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) There's your VIP experience you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? There was one little bump in the road. Uh, The day before our wedding, when everything's chaos, my dear husband came to me and said that he decided he didn't want to do a first look anymore. He wanted to wait and the first time to see me to be when I was walking down the aisle, which is super sweet. But it threw a wrench in, you know, the banquet event order says a certain place and a certain time and that's what Disney has to follow and we had planned everything with video and photography. So all of a sudden I was scrambling to call everybody and ask if I could change things and, you know, thankfully the Disney planner was wonderful about it. Video and photography team were amazing and they actually really helped out at the venue when we were kind of crunched for time because of that, but it worked out. I changed it to a first look with my dad and then John got his moment where the first time he saw me was when the doors opened up and I walked down the aisle. So we, we both ended up happy and I'm glad that I got to grant his wish for the way he wanted it done. I just wish he would have told me a little sooner. (laughs) (laughs) That's great.
1: Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand, but then it turned out not to be?
0: I was a little stressed, mainly about our elderly guests. I was very concerned about logistics while planning. You know, I was like, how are they going to get on and off the bus comfortably? Will there be wheelchairs? Some people had scooters. Can we bring them? So that was always kind of a constant stress about people having to go too far or on and off the bus. But it actually worked beautifully. The Disney coordinators and staff, everybody was there, the guides, everyone was there looking out for everyone, you know, young and old. But I feel like I stressed about it more than I probably needed to because it was all taken care of and it was fine. If someone needed a wheelchair, they brought it right away and somebody pushed them through the parks and everything was happy. That's great. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I think I would do it all pretty much the same way if I had it to do all over again. Yeah. That's wonderful.
1: Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples?
0: I would say extend the magic for as long as possible. I, I am really glad that we did basically a day two because, as magical as day one was, everyone says it goes by in a blur, and it's true. I mean, I had so much fun, but it felt like it went by so fast. So I felt like day two, you know, I wasn't nervous anymore. I was much more relaxed. It was just a fun day, but it was still, you know, we still did our wedding cake and it was still, we were dressed up in hair and makeup. So it almost felt like take two, but that one, I got to be more in the moment because I wasn't so nervous and, you know, it was the more. Fun laid back vibe, and that was nice to experience. So, my tip is if you can make it a two day event, do it because it's great to do it that way. And then, my other thing is not to you know shamelessly plug you, but read your book <laughs> and listen to a lot of the podcasts because that's what I did, and that's when I was like. Yeah, I feel like there's more options. And maybe if I ask, I can bend the rules a little bit and get away with the pre-reception. And it's because of all the knowledge that, you know, all of your couple shared that I pretty much got the weekend of my dreams for our wedding. Because if you ask, sometimes Disney says yes, and they did.
1: That's fantastic. Well, Karen, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married or having a vow renewal at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much. I'm I'm honored to be here. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms?